Do you like this show and you want to help support us? Do you want us to stay ad-free? Do you want extra episodes every month? Well, then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro and become a Patreon supporter of this very show. Please turn down. (laughs) Oh, boy, that was fun. Stupid soundboard won't cooperate with me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Greetings, programs, and welcome to another edition of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. And my name is Derek Diamond. And hopefully my soundboard will cooperate the rest of the night, stupid soundboard. <sighs> not starting the show off great, Derek. We're just we're just not. <laughs> I feel like the the curse of Skype has followed us over to Discord. I know I couldn't get. Dude, it took fifteen minutes for Discord to uh, to boot up tonight. That remember last week we tried to do it. I had to actually reboot my computer. So I don't know what's yeah. going on. I think it's time for a new computer. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, well, uh, I, I had some computer issues as well. Not not show related, but. That seems to be one of the few times that my computer actually decides to work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so I, I guess we can go ahead and move into what we've been up to this week. Yes. So on Sunday, I sat down and I decided I'm going to finish the rough cut of the Parker Syndrome, which is, for those who might be listening for the first time, it was a short film that I directed a few months ago. And I said, you know what, I'm just going to sit down. I'm going to keep communication with humanity to a minimum and i'm just going to sit down and do it and i sat at my computer for almost 10 hours wow (laughs) i I, I took a lunch break and i took i think like two restroom breaks but Mm -hmm. no i i had slept in that morning and i started editing around 9 30 and then you know i I remember texting you Mm -hmm. whenever it was done but no my computer crashed four times on sunday that sucks. Yeah, it was atrocious. <laughs> so it was literally, I, I had Adobe Premiere open, and every time I would move a clip, I would save it just mm. in the event that that it crashed again. Yeah. But got it done. Um, you know, there's still a lot of work to be done on it, uh, like with sound editing, editing in music, uh, sound effects, color correction. There's probably a few things I'm going to tweak. There's a couple of shots that that I don't like so dude even um, without color correction it looks great I know it's it and that's so that's good. a huge shout out to Kevin it yeah. looks so freaking good and the sound is just perfect like the, I don't know who the sound guy was on the movie I, <laughs> that guy I, needs was, some some residuals on the back end is what happens with that guy well well the sound <laughs> of everything that was shot on day 1 you know oh, day yeah. day 2 was a little 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 lacking in quality but, oh, yeah. you know it was it was uh but hey no one's perfect right <laughs> well you know that the original guy couldn't stay for the entire second day you know he had uh, uh other projects he had to go work on so you know he had to leave early yeah he had that thing at the place yeah he had that thing <laughs> but yeah. no dude it it's really good uh just as the rough cut like i was highly impressed with it yeah, that was something that, you know, Steve was telling me because he was giving me some takeaways from it after he watched it. And he said, honestly, without the color correction, 
it's a great looking film. Oh yeah. It it looks awesome. Yeah, so it's like I said, there's still a lot of work to be done on it, but getting the rough cut done was a huge step. And it took me a long time to do, but you know what? I I got it done. So that's the important thing. So now we just move on to to more editing and I'm actually doing some uh I guess you'd call it a little bit of publicity for it. I'm recording. Uh, so Bill Lyons, who and I was kind of trolling him a little bit. He was the other sound guy who took over after you had to leave. Um, I'm doing his podcast along with Steve tomorrow. Cool. Uh, to, to talk about the film. It's going to be a pre-recorded show, so I'll let everyone know when it's going to be released. And then this Friday, if you live in Pensacola, uh, Steve and I are going to be on one of Cat Country's morning stations or morning shows, I should say. I don't know exactly what their FM station is. I'll actually look that up real quick. I think it's 98.7, but we'll be talking about, yes, 98.7. Uh, we'll be talking about the local film industry uh, as well as his film, Survey and my film, The Parker Syndrome. Fantastic. And Mr. Joey Image has joined us in the chat room. Hello, Mr. Yes. Image. And he says, yes. yes, with you guys too with the PC issues. Of course, they're all dying. Yeah, they're, they're all taken over. I'm, I swear, Skynet is real. It is. But I yeah, have got he... to tell you guys about the most awesome two weeks of my life. <laughs> I was going to say, you had a pretty uneventful weekend, right? Yeah, so uh, as, as everybody that's been listening to the show for, for a while knows that I have had quite a rough couple of months. And uh, a rough end to the year last year, a rough beginning to, to this year. And uh, I really needed a win. I needed something good to happen. Well, uh a couple of weeks ago, a friend of mine invited me to go hang out in New Orleans for the um, uh, the 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 St. Patrick's Day parade because um, they had a, a timeshare over there and they invited me to come over and hang out. So I decided, you know what, I need a weekend away. I need to get away, so uh, I'll go over there. Plus, there's some friends coming in town because a certain uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot movie was being filmed in New Orleans at the time. So I had a lot of friends coming into town that were going to be a part of that production. So I thought it'd be a good chance to to meet everybody in, you know, in one place, people that I don't get to see very often. Uh, so uh, the, 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 that weekend, which was not this past weekend, but the last uh, St. Patrick's Day weekend, I met up with, uh, you know, Brian O'Halloran and um, a couple of other friends, Matt Westphalen, who was also in Monsters Anonymous and Brent Henry, who was in Monsters Anonymous. And I can't say who all that I ended up having dinner with, <laughs> but let's just say it was a certain view askew movie that I got to me and Matt and Brent got to eat dinner with almost the entire cast of the movie. It was unreal. We got to hear all sorts of uh, behind the scenes stuff. And uh, so it was a great night. And after that, that night I was like, there is no way that next weekend could even there's no way i could ever top that weekend i was just like there's just no way that was like the best weekend of my life cut to a week later uh a friend of mine named natasha who's also a uh huge kevin smith fan calls me up and says hey what are you doing saturday i said not much i gotta work sunday but i don't really do much on saturday nights and she says well i happen to know 
the uh, the craft service person who worked on Jay and Silent Bob reboot because she used to work in craft services herself when she lived in L.A., so she knows the person that was working on the movie, and she got invited to the rap party and invited me to go with her. And, of course, I was like, does a bear shit in the woods? Yes, I want to go to the rap party. So I grabbed, <clears throat> luckily, I always keep uh, Monsters Anonymous merch on me, so I grabbed a DVD poster and a T-shirt out of my car, and we headed to New Orleans to go to the rap party. And we get there, and uh, Kevin's not there yet. I've, I see Jason Muse as soon as I walk in the door. Um, but I'm kind of standing over in the corner. People probably thought I was nuts because I'm just standing there scanning the room just like a Terminator the whole time. Just like, when is Kevin going to show up? So we kind of walk around. There's, and the place is separated into like three different rooms. It was at a barcade in New Orleans. So we kind of walk from room to room. We go to the first room again, and my friend Natasha just starts elbowing me, like, oh, God, he's here. He's here. Kevin And Jay Muse is walking Kevin Smith and his wife, Jennifer, over to the VIP session, section. He walks right in front of me. Like, I could have stepped out and been directly in his path. Like, he walked right in front of me. And I look over, and him and Jay Muse are standing up kind of on this little, like, couple flight upstairs at this little VIP section. And I was just like, I didn't see anybody around, so I was just like, I'm going to go talk to him. And Natasha was like, yeah, good luck with that. Because I was thinking I was going to get, like, immediately tackled by, like, security or something as soon as I walked up there. Nope. I walked up, and he, he looked at me, and he did the usual Kevin Smith, hey, man, how are you doing? I was like, uh, I did Ke uh, Monsters Anonymous with Jeremy London. And he looked at me, and he goes, I saw that movie. He's like, it was really good. And I was and that started the conversation. I literally talked to him for like, it felt like 30 seconds, but Natasha said it was like 10 minutes. Like I, I told him like he was a huge influence and all this stuff. I gave him the, the Monsters Anonymous merch and he, he loved all that and told him that, you know, when he had his heart attack, it inspired me to, to go vegetarian. I lost 50 pounds. Like we had a whole conversation, man. And dude, it was absolutely one of the best nights of my life. And the weird thing is, is like as soon as that was done, I, I walked down the staircase and I was just like, I almost had like an existential crisis because I, I felt like Alexander when he reached the edge of the world and wept because he had no more land to conquer. <laughs> like I had done everything I ever wanted to do. Like I met Kevin Smith. What do I do now? Like, what do I do? <laughs> But I was like, there's no way this weekend is going to be better than that weekend. Like, it, I, it can't be. So that was what happened. So I noticed, I think it was Sunday morning, I, when I woke up, I you know, checked like my social media and whatnot. And the first thing I saw on Instagram was you with Kevin Smith. And I just said out loud, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's i i couldn't like i didn't know really know how to put it into words i was like that is so amazing because i know you know, we're we're both huge kevin smith fans and we've mentioned him you know several times on this show you've talked about him a lot on pop culture palette yeah he's he's such an inspiration for so many people and to hear that he was exactly who you thought he would be oh yeah was awesome so that that's that's so so cool and you know especially with all the stuff that you've gone with gone through over the last few months it's it's awesome so that's 
That's great. I'm just like, what is the universe going to throw at me next? <laughs> oh, and uh, you'll be caught on set to work with Kevin Smith. That's Thad, how you top it. Thad has joined us in the chat room. Hi, Thad. Yeah, shout out to Thad. And uh, he says, "Where was that you met him?" By the way, it was at it's a place called Barcadia in New Orleans. It's kind of close to the Harris Casino, uh, one of the side streets over there. And um, it's a really cool place. Like we, we play some skee ball. And uh, there's all kind of like arcade games and stuff in there. It's a really cool place if you ever get to go over there and check it out. Yeah, but no, that's that's so cool. Like that's we we've both had good good weekends. Yeah, we did. You got to meet an inspiration, so that's that's awesome. Hopefully, this is the point where the year gets better. I I would definitely say it already has. But, uh, but on that note, let's go ahead and move into the uh, news, shall we? Sure. Uh, let me pull up the news story here. And it's on USA Today, so it might take a minute for it to pop up. Uh, <clears throat> Nintendo may soon add a cheaper and more powerful Switch to its lineup. Um, a news report from the Wall Street Journal claims that the company could be planning two new consoles for it as soon as this summer. Citing anonymous people familiar with the matter, the report says that Nintendo is prepping two new devices, a cheaper version of the Switch that would be equivalent of a Nintendo 3DS replacement, as well as a more powerful model similar to how Microsoft and Sony have each released souped-up versions of their game consoles. The more enhanced Switch, however, however, won't be as powerful as the Xbox One X or PlayStation 4 Pro, and Nintendo has a track record of looking to differentiate its pr latest products with more than just graphical boosts. Um, both devices could make appearances at June's E3 gaming event, uh, the journal reports. Uh, it's unclear exactly how much the new consoles might cost or what new features would offer, um, but according to the journal, the cheaper switch may lose vibration functionality as part of a way to cut costs. So um, this was kind of expected. Uh, I thought it would actually be sooner than this that it happened. But I mean, this is kind of par for the course as far as uh, the lifetime of a console. You're going to get, you know, kind of a, an upgrade and sort of a, a more economically viable con um, version sooner or later. Yeah, I mean, it totally makes sense. You know, I I don't see myself buying the more powerful Switch immediately, but yeah, I mean, either it might be something either. I consider down the line because I mean, I've 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 been still loving the Switch. I play it almost every day. Um, the I think the cheaper version is a good idea for those who you know can't quite afford. Yeah, you know, I mean, I know what the Switch is only what. $300? Yeah, it's it's actually it's totally worth the money, but yeah, if you're not if you don't care about like Rumble or something like that, you know. Yeah. It's totally worth, you know, whatever price. I imagine it's probably going to be at least 50 bucks cheaper. I'd say 2 to 250 probably for the cheaper version. Yeah. I I would say so as well. Yeah. Let's see. Our next story comes to us from GameSpot.com. Oh, oh please shut up. Autoplay. <laughs> yeah, I tried to prep for those as best I could. Ah, I, I hate those pop-ups so much. Uh, new Nintendo Switch game and Nindy's News Roundup. 
Uh, it's been a good week for Nintendo Switch fans looking for something new. Wednesday was home to the Nindy Spring Showcase, a direct-style video stream that ran for half an hour and focused exclusively on indie games, which I'm a huge fan of Nintendo doing that, by the yeah. way. Uh, during it, Nintendo revealed some new games, including some surprise ones and further detailed ones we already knew about. Uh, well, there's one that's mentioned that is its own separate story that we'll get to yeah. next, so I'll skip that one. Yeah, I, mean, I uh, meant to the, tell you that before we started, David. I have a separate article for that. Yeah, which I'm so stoked for that one, oh, but we'll yeah. get to that in a second. Uh, the stream was capped off with an out-of-nowhere announcement as Nintendo announced a Zelda-themed successor to Crypt of the Necrodancer called Cadence of Hyrule. Mm-hmm. And I actually watched some gameplay from uh, Crypt of the Necrodancer, and it it looks like a lot of fun, you know. So I, it might be one that you know because it has that Zelda moniker attached to it. Yeah. I'm gonna try it out just for that reason. Me too. <laughs> but the trailer the trailer looks good, you know. The trailer's attached to the article, so um, definitely check it out. Um, you know, it's I'm glad that Nintendo has really kind of embraced the indie game community and oh, i yeah. think that you know having a console like the switch is perfect for indie games well especially this one that's coming out this looks like it's going to be pretty good uh, the retro netflix show uh stranger things is getting a game to match with uh this co-op action game that sports a 16-bit style and stranger things 3 the game you can fight your way through hawkins and the latest threats from the upside down as one of 12 playable characters it will be uh, release alongside season three of the show on July fourth. I still need to watch season two of that. You haven't watched season two yet? There's a lot of stuff I haven't watched. Sir, you you need to give up the nerd card right now. Uh, I, this show is over. I'm done. All right, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Uh, But on the next story, uh, as far as uh, another game that was announced for the Nintendo Switch, this is also on GameSpot.com. Oh, you stupid autoplay. Stop. Why do they do that? We've had this conversation 50 times with the damn autoplay videos. No, I'm I'm not. I don't disagree with you on any of it. No, it's obnoxious and it's awful. It's awful. It's so obnoxious. Uh, All right. Get my head straight. Uh, Cuphead announced for Nintendo Switch will have Xbox Live support on April 18th. Uh, Nintendo showed off a ton of games ter- during its Nindy Spring Showcase, but one of the biggest announcements came right at the beginning of the presentation when the company revealed Cuphead is coming to Nintendo, Nintendo Switch next month. The acclaimed platformer arrives in the Switch eShop for April 18th, but you can pre-purchase it from the digital store right now. Um, I am extremely excited to play Cuphead. I've been wanting to play this ever since it was released on Xbox, but since I don't have an Xbox, I never got to play it. So now that it's coming to the Switch, I am so going to pick this up day one. Oh, absolutely. I agree 100% with everything you said. You know, it's everything from the gameplay to the, the art style, which looks like an old, you know, 1930s or 1940s cartoon. It just looks like a game that would be damn near perfect. And I know it was, uh, I think it, yeah, it says here GameSpot awarded Cuphead an 8 out of 10 when it first launched on Xbox One. Yeah, It's been a long time coming, and it's great to see that it lives up to its initial promises. It's everything from how it looks to the soundtrack, all of it. Like, I'm so excited, and 
like mm-hmm. you, I don't have an Xbox, so I wasn't going to buy an Xbox yeah. just to play Cuphead. Because no. I knew eventually it had to come out to another console. And yeah, I know it's on Steam, but I'm glad that I waited for it to be announced for the Switch. This well, would be a day one like purchase it, for me. It, it's the perfect game to put on the Switch. And now that... Drink, Wally. Yeah, now that Nintendo and uh, Microsoft are kind of getting buddy-buddy, I think we're going to see more and more. Um, do you think there's some sort of weird, like, I don't know, maybe a hybrid console or something coming soon? Because the, the next story we're talking about is, um, of course, the, the Google Chrome thing, the Stadia that was announced this last week. Um, mm-hmm. And I've heard a lot of talk about how they, you know, Google has the infrastructure for this type of thing. Microsoft has this in- it has an infrastructure for this type of thing. So do you think Nintendo and Microsoft are kind of uh, maybe partnering up for some sort of uh, Stadia-like online gaming platform? Could you imagine if they announced that at E3 this year? What if that happens? That would be awesome. <laughs> the internet would explode. Oh, God. Oh, oh, yeah. Um, Thad said that uh, Steph loved Cuphead when she was on, uh, when she used to play it on uh, Twitch. And uh, Stephanie is our old co-host on Pop Culture Palette. And um, I, I don't know how much it is. Did it say how much it was going to be on the uh, uh, let me the pull article? It I, I didn't see I anywhere. Where... Yeah, I didn't either. I imagine it's going to be like 20 bucks at least. 15 to 20 bucks at least. Yeah. It can't be that expensive. Yeah. So for our last story, comes to us from TVOverMind.com. Is Sega partnering with Google on next-gen console? Question mark. Mm. If you're a gamer, you have long been familiar with Sega. Uh, Sega's basically been out of the console game for a while. I think their last console was the Dreamcast. And since then, they've been exclusively making games. Let's see. Beyond that, Sega is known for looking ahead. They do not want to get left behind with shifting technology. So they're often the first to try out new things and look for ways to be proactive in creating the best gaming console. That is why fans of Sega have long looked to them to provide the next great advances in the field. Now it appears that they may be willing to work with other tech companies in order to further take their creative thinking abilities outside the box. Uh, So basically, long story short, there have been rumors that Sega and Google um, are going to collaborate to possibly create a console what say you about that um well honestly like i like i just talked about a minute ago i think because sega it works so closely with nintendo now i i really think it's more of a nintendo thing um i don't know i i think it's kind of more in our face that nintendo and google are gonna uh not google but um Nintendo and uh, Microsoft, Microsoft are going to team up. But I don't know if Sega kind of takes their properties back from Nintendo and goes over to Google. I mean, who knows? I mean, it's... I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> well, the thing is, and I I loved you know the Sonic games back in the day, and that's primarily what Sega's known for. Um, I was never a huge Genesis fan. Well, I mean, the, the band's great, but I'm talking about the gaming yeah. company. But, but um, they've been out of the console game, though, for so long that I don't know if 
you know, between Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony, I don't know if they have such a stronghold on console gaming that you could bring in a fourth one. Well, I think that if Google comes out with the Stadia thing, they're really more looking for content as far as games. Mm -hmm. I don't think Sega's going to be... I mean, if they do partner, then they would be able to have more... Uh, first-party Sega-developed things, which I think makes more sense. That might be what these rumors are, which would make mm-hmm. more sense than them trying to do sort of a platform type of thing. I think Sega would work with them as far as developing first-party games. Well, the, the last paragraph of the article says, the bottom line is that we know the new gaming console from Google is coming. We also know that they have a new streaming service coming online in the near future. What we do not know is where they plan on getting their games from. Mm-hmm. Google is not really in the video game business, so it makes perfect sense that they would partner with a company like Sega to do just that. On that aspect, I agree with it. Yeah. Uh, you'll just have to stay tuned to see what happens with this rumor. Gamers are likely excited about the prospect. Something new is on the horizon, which means new technology and more innovative platform. I mean, that's exciting to me if they bring out new uh, Sonic games and, you know, bring back some of the old uh, Sega IPs to put out in a modern uh, context. I'm I'm totally down with that. Only if they're good Sonic games. Oh, I, yeah. Not the 3D weird ones that <laughs> we've had to deal yeah. with. Yeah. But um, but let's go ahead and move into this month in video game history. Uh, let's see. Uh, it kind of dried up a little bit uh, at the end of March here. I had to go digging pretty deep to find some of these. Uh, in March of 1988, RC Pro-Am by Rare was released for the NES uh, in North America uh, in 1988. And then in Europe on April 15th. Uh, presented in an overhead isometric perspective, a single player races a radio-controlled car around a series of tracks. And I actually did a review of RC Pro-Am uh, about, what, a year or so ago, a year and a half ago? Uh, one of the Something like earlier shows we did, but I love RC Pro-Am. That's one of my favorite Nintendo games. I want to say this was featured in The Wizard. Mm, no, it wasn't. Um, you're it thinking wasn't? of Rad Racer. Okay. With the power glove. <laughs> it's so yeah. bad. It's so bad. <laughs> yeah, no, it, I've never played it, but you know, I do remember you reviewing it, and it, and it does look like a fun game. Yeah, you know, mo- most racing games are fun to an extent. It's one of the more fun game uh, racing games you can get for the NES because it's not convoluted. It's just it's really kind of simple, but also you can upgrade your, your vehicles, which is really fun. And uh, it's just, just kind of one of those, you know, plug-and-play type of games. You don't have to think too hard. It's just, you just put it in, you play for an hour or two, and that's really all you need. Yeah, I agree with that. Oh, uh, Thad also says, I really wish Rare and Nintendo would kiss and make up. Yeah, I, me too. God, that would be so awesome. That would be great. One of the best, you know, Gaming marriages when it comes to companies was Nintendo and Rare back in the day. Mm-hmm. March 1989, Ninja Gaiden was released in Japan, uh, and its Japanese meaning is literally Legend of the Ninja Dragon Sword, and as Shadow Warriors in Europe. And as a side-scrolling cinematic action platforming video game, uh, Tecmo developed and published it for the NES, 
Its development and release coincided with the beat 'em up arcade version of the same name. Uh, yeah, I mean, Ninja Gaiden's one of the more iconic games from that time. And my white whale. And your white whale. Yes. <laughs> you, you know what? I, I'm going to make a bold prediction. Hmm. By December 31st of 2019, you will have beaten Ninja Gaiden. <laughs> you have a lot more faith in me than I do, friend. I, your year's already off to a good start. I'm I think you try. should end the year with beating Ninja Gaiden. I, and I'm going to do it on original hardware, too. I know it's on the, uh, the, the, uh, on the Switch, um, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I, I, I like playing on the original hardware, so I think I'm going to try to beat it on my original NES by the end of the year. It'll happen. Hopefully. Yeah, I, I think it's going to happen. And to close us out for this month in video game history, uh, in March of 1993... X-Men was released for the Sega uh, Mega Drive slash Genesis. It was based on the adventures of the Marvel Comics superhero team, the X-Men. One or two players can play as any of four pre-chosen X-Men. It was released in 93 and was followed up by X-Men 2 Clone Wars. Not to be confused with the Star Wars film. No. Now, I've actually... I never played this one, and, you know, I was... During that time, I was really starting to get into the Marvel stuff like X-Men, Spider-Man, Hulk, but never really played any of those games growing up. I had that X-Men game for the brief stint that I actually had a Sega Genesis there for a little while. And um, it was a pretty good game. It, you know, it was a, your basic kind of your side-scrolling platformer, but it, it was pretty fun. I enjoyed it. There's something about those games, like a lot of them are similar, but mm-hmm. they're all fun in oh, their yeah. own way. Like it, that, that formula is so simple, but it still works to this day, and I mean, it's awesome. You get to play as Wolverine, and who doesn't want to play Wolverine all the time? Right? You gotta love Wolverine. But, um, but that closes us out for this month in video game history, and tonight, Derek is going to be talking about... You know, it's interesting, and I don't know, I guess it's a Discord thing, but the music keeps cutting in and out, like even when you play the little sound bites. Really? See, I used yeah, to it, do cuts, that. it cuts out on my end. Yeah, I used to do that back when we were on uh, PCP, too. Uh, not We weren't on PCP, but Pop Culture Palette. <laughs> I should, probably shouldn't say PCP <laughs> out of context. <laughs> but yeah, because uh, um, Wally and Stephanie used to say that the sound cut out, and I don't know why. That's weird. Yeah, I'm not sure either. It, like, it's even when you play like the the sound bites, the transition to different segments, huh. the sound will cut out completely. It's very strange, but either way, uh, this week. So I wanted to review this game. I was either going to do it tonight or I was going to wait for two weeks for my next review. But I figured we're in WrestleMania season. If you're a WWE fan. Um, and my next review won't be until after WrestleMania 35, so I figured I would go ahead and do this game tonight, but I'm going to be reviewing 
I believe this was probably the first wrestling game that I ever played for any console. Uh, it's WWF WrestleMania 2000 for the Nintendo 64 console. It was originally released in 1999 and was developed by THQ. So during this time, uh, you know, I knew you reviewed the the WrestleMania game for the NES uh, not too long ago, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I I knew of wrestling when I was very young, but didn't really watch it, and. Um, I really got into it in the late 90s when, you know, the Attitude Era and WCW were at their peak. And that was something that, you know, I was such a huge junkie for that kind of stuff that I had to have, you know, merchandise. I watched all the pay-per-views. I watched every single Monday night, uh, watched both shows. And if it had WWF or WCW on it, I had to have it. Yeah, and this was around the time that, you know, I kind of fell out of watching wrestling by this time i was not a fan of like the attitude era when things started to change i was i watched wrestling from like the early 80s when i was a really little kid up until about i'd say probably 93 94 when and then the attitude era started to everything kind of started to change to that attitude era and i wasn't a huge fan of that so i just i kind of slowly just kind of dropped off and not didn't watch it after that well, it was very different from, and since then I've gone back and I've watched like a lot of the old shows from the mid to late 80s and even into the early 90s. And yeah, the, the Attitude Era was very different and some of it was very over the top, but there were some things that still hold up and I hold, you know, as very precious memories. So yeah, I, I got this game uh, when it came out and I had an absolute blast playing it because I'd never played a wrestling game before. And I was reading, you know, I remember to this day reading the manual and then seeing that, oh, you can create your own wrestlers. So me and my friends would create ourselves. And I'm sure like ev- I could speak for almost everyone who's played a wrestling game before is you create yourself, you create your friends, and then you just beat the hell out of each other. <laughs> it was really, really, it was really a fun time, but... Um, it was actually a lot of fun going back and even playing this game because I haven't played it in a long time. I found a, a copy of it for the N64 a while back, but I didn't really play it too much. I knew it was one that I would get to at some point, and you know, I've been playing it over the past week. I'll go ahead and get the bad stuff out of the way, and we've talked about this era of 3D gaming and that kind of awkward transition from 2D to 3D. Yeah. This ain't a pretty game. I was going to say, I'm, just I'm say that. looking at some of the screenshots here, and yeah, it has definitely has that, you know, uh, that transitional. That ugly polygonal type look to yeah, it. Yeah, it doesn't look good at all. Well, something that I noticed as I was, you know, looking through the roster when I was playing the game is that they all have these polygonal looks to them, but it was like someone cut out someone basically made a copy of a copy of every wrestler's face, cut them out with scissors <laughs> and pasted them on like the polygonal bodies. <laughs> but gameplay wise, this game actually still holds up. It's, it took me a bit to get used to it because like I said, I haven't played it in so long, but after a few minutes, you know, I was kind of back in the groove of it and, it was still a lot of fun. Oh, really? It's it's a very 
it's very a simple game compared to I think some of the newer wrestling games because the story mode is simply you start out it's called the road to wrestlemania and you start out in april like right after that year's mania and you can you know create your own wrestler or you can use you know someone on the the current roster at the time and you just go through you go through your storylines you fight on the various pay-per-views you try and work your way up and then you try and win the world title at wrestlemania so it sounds very simple but I kind of like that. So it's it's uh, one cool thing was that I re- I remembered this you know as I was reading it. But um, if you would win various titles, so say back then there were different titles than there are now. Uh, so if you had like the Intercontinental Title and you were one half of the tag team champions, you would possibly have to defend both those titles in two separate matches on a show. So I, I I thought that was kind of cool, but you know, it, it, for the time, it actually had a pretty pretty good roster. Um, I won't go through the the whole roster because that would take way too long. But it had you know your WWF you know mainstays back in the day, like you had Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Undertaker, The Rock, Triple H, um, Chris Jericho, um, Big Boss Man, uh, DX. You had, you know, a few of the the divas at the time and the female wrestlers. And you could also unlock a few different peoples because I, I remember, you know, my favorite wrestler growing up at that time was Stone Cold Steve Austin. So I obviously went through the storyline with him, went through the road to WrestleMania. But then when you win the championship, Shawn Michaels comes out and you have to fight him just as, as an impromptu type thing. Oh, wow. And once you fight him, then you unlock him. And you can play as him, you know, in exhibition matches and whatnot. And there's cool. there's a few different, um, like you can unlock, um, you know, the other personalities of Mick Foley. Like you start out as just Mankind, but you have, um, you can unlock Cactus Jack and Dude Love, his alter <laughs> egos, by doing certain situations. And, you know, it, it's... It's, dude it's a wrestling game. <laughs> oh, dude, love, dude, love is underrated. Oh, uh, I love that They're character. Both... Yeah. Oh, Mixmaster no, is in the chat room tonight too. What's up, man? Yeah, shout out to Mixmaster. Yeah, he's saying uh, he just got finished with his bowling league. Yep. Uh, he misses Austin and the Rock. I do too. <laughs> Bring out uh, the I've beer all, truck. <laughs> I've always uh, oh the beer truck. That was actually to tell you how old that we're all getting. That beer truck incident that he's talking about. So it's basically Stone Cold drove a beer truck out to the ring and sprayed Vince McMahon and The Rock with beer. That's awesome. That that happened this past week. That happened 20 years ago. Wow. It's crazy. Next, like next year, we can say the 2000s were 20 years ago. Oh, don't tell me that. <laughs> I don't uh, want to think about that. Shut up. <laughs> but anyway, um, so WrestleMania 2000, uh, it uses the game engine and gameplay similar to um, a game that came out right before that, which was WCW NWO Revenge. THQ made pretty much all the wrestling games at that point. Um, but what's cool about it is that you can actually change the actual wrestler's attire. So if you wanted to just do something silly and put like, you know, the Hardy Boys attire on the rock, 
you could do that. If you hmm. wanted to change moves, you can do that. Um, and you could, um, so say if you were doing like a tag team match and you put two wrestlers who in storyline were tag teams, they wouldn't come out in individual other, like is their tag team name and everything. Oh, yeah. So that was, that was kind of a first, you know, for, for that time. It hmm. was really the beginning of having a much more customizable type experience rather than a lot of the older games that I read about where you just kind of, yeah. you know, pick the person and you have your matches and that's kind of what you do. Well, it said here, uh, in addition to the numerous default and secret characters, several other realistic likenesses and move sets in the creator wrestler mode make it possible to add even more characters. Some examples include uh, the Road Warriors, Hulk Hogan, Takam. Michinoku and Davy Boy Smith. Also, some taunts and move sets were carried over from WCW NWO Revenge, allowing the player to create and include WCW wrestlers such as Goldberg, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, Diamond Dallas Page, and Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah, that's something that really since then, you know, all the the companies that have created games have done is they they put little nuggets in there where you can you won't have the exact same wrestler. Like it won't be a perfect creation, but it's enough to where you could have to, you know, your, your dream matches. Cause back oh, then, yeah. you know, WCW and WWF were going head to head and it was must see TV every week from, yeah. from both sides. So to create, you know, like you could have Goldberg versus Steve Austin, or you could have DDP against the rock. And it, it was it was a lot of fun. And something that I love doing was so when in wrestling games, you have what are called taunts, you know, like a lot of wrestlers have different gestures that, you know, you can do to others. So yeah. like for Stone Cold, you can literally give someone the middle finger, <laughs> which is a little immature. But, you know, I, I still I'm not going to lie. I did that. I was just playing an <laughs> exhibition match last week and I did that. And I was like, that's yeah, awesome. <laughs> but no this this was this was a fun game and like i said it's fairly straightforward there's not a lot to it but i love the customizability if that's a real word yeah uh, uh you know being able to change things about the actual wrestlers and not just your created wrestler um, it has a lot of variety of matches uh, the story mode is simple but I actually like that in a wrestling game. Yeah. They've become much more complicated. Now, I haven't played a lot of the the newer games. Like since they switched to 2K, then I I haven't played any of those. I think the last one I played was maybe WWE 12 or 13. And I think right after that was when they made the switch and I haven't really played one since. And I've been wanting to, but you know, I don't have a a ton of time to play newer games. I can't even tell you the last time I played a wrestling game uh, <clears throat> other than, you know, the first WrestleMania game for the NES that I reviewed not too long ago, which that that was a, an abomination of an of a video game. Yeah, they, they've they've gotten better. I mean, definitely even, you know, the the graphics from the wrestling games now look so much better than they did back in the day. But really, my my only knock to this game is that it's hideous looking. Yeah. Man, there was, was a lot of wrestlers in this game. Oh, yeah. The roster was pretty stacked. And the, that's it's crazy. You know, 
the the superstar section that's not even including the the wrestlers that you can unlock. Yeah. Um, I think you could only create maybe six to eight uh, creator wrestlers, which isn't a lot, but you got to think of probably the the memory of the cartridge back then. Yeah. Probably doesn't allow for a lot. It says here advertising and release because, you know, wrestling was, it was mainstream at that time. You know, I remember seeing, you know, like The Rock on the cover of TV Guide and, you know, it was it was a really mainstream thing. And it says here in a TV commercial promoting the game, The Rock becomes furious at how the game includes his name, likeness, and moveset. And at the end of the ad, he threatens to shove copies of the game up Santa Claus's candy ass. <laughs> Got people uh, like, like the, the Rock is great now, but, you know, if you go back and watch some of his wrestling stuff when he was at the peak of his career, he was gold. Yeah. Everything he said was so great. Um, like, there are times where I even get, you know, like I get goosebumps a bit thinking of those times because it's it's more than just, you know, being entertained. Like my family and I, we would have watch parties sometimes yeah. <laughs> just to watch Monday Night Raw and WCW Nitro. And we would go to my uncle's house to watch all the pay-per-views. Yeah. So it was it was a wild time. And, you know, I, I still keep up with the WWE to this day. And, you know, at WrestleMania is in I think, two weeks from when we were recording this and you know, I'm definitely looking forward to watching it, but it, it doesn't have that same spark that, um, that it used to have. Yeah. Um, and Mixmaster was saying in the chat room that he played the last one for him was raw versus SmackDown on PS2. And I think that was the last one I played too. Cause me and Wally used to play that back in the day and we actually mm -hmm. made ourselves as wrestlers in that game too. And, uh, it was funny. We made our friend Pete, that was so ridiculously lifelike that looked exactly <laughs> like him. <laughs> it was nuts. And uh, Thad said that he played WCW on N64 and WrestleMania on NES. So he had he those are the only ones that he's played. Um, yeah, I think that Raw versus SmackDown was the last one that I played. Yeah, those games were fun too, and I, I remember, you know, like WCW games for N sixty four were good too. Yeah, I mean they're very, very similar. It just depends on you know which you were more a fan of back in the day. But you know, the, this game was actually uh, received favorable reviews, and there was a Game Boy Color version, which I actually had no idea that was the case. Uh, received mixed reviews. Hmm. Uh, the final edition of Nintendo Power, WrestleMania 2000, was ranked number 223 in a list of the best games released on Nintendo consoles, namely for its massive roster and positive gameplay ability. Uh, it's considered to be one of the best wrestling games of all time. I know that No Mercy, which was a WWF game as well, that one's widely regarded as probably the best wrestling game ever, and I haven't played that game in so long. Uh, that might be one that I review later on in the year. Yeah, uh, but I, I was always more a fan of of this one strictly for, um, you know, just the characters and and the storylines that that you could do. But let's see, Electronic Gaming Monthly gave it an eight point two five out of ten. Uh, let's see, Game Fan gave it a one hundred percent. Game Pro four and a half stars. IGN eight point nine out of ten, and Nintendo Power an eight out of ten. 
Wasn't so, there a, a wrestling game not too long ago, or, or maybe it probably decades ago at this point, but it was like Legends of Wrestling or something like that, where you could mm-hmm. play pretty much any wrestler from any era. And Yeah, it had kind of uh, like a cartoonish look to it. Yeah. Like it, it played like old school arcade style, because you could do like John Cena against the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. You know, or Andre the Giant against the Big Show, and you that basically it was fun. built. It was built around dream matches. Yeah, that game, that game looks, that game looked like a lot of fun. I never played it, but I it looked either. like a lot of fun. When did that come out? Let me look that up. What it was called? Legends. Oh, geez. Was it? Called it had to Legends have been of... like late two thousands, maybe like two thousand eight or two thousand nine. Uh, uh, Legends of Wrestling for the PlayStation Two. Uh, it was based on the greatest wrestlers of all time, uh, the WWF slash WWE, NWA, WCW, WCCW, AWA, ECW, and various independent promotions. Um, it, w- it came out for the PlayStation 2, the GameCube, and Xbox, and then a sequel, Legends of Wrestling 2, was released in 2002. I just realized, I'm. I was thinking of Legends of WrestleMania. You're, yeah, I know what game you're talking about now. Uh, Legend of WrestleMania, you said? Yeah, that was that was more like a cartoonish arcade-style type of game. Oh, yeah, this I was thinking of this one, too. Yeah, this is one that came out, uh, let's see, March 2009. Yeah, because oh, yeah. I remember I was watching one of the old Hall of Fame ceremonies, I think, two or three days ago. And that was a, an advertisement on it, hmm. and it was the 2009 Hall of Fame. Wow. Yeah, this Let's looked see. like a fun game, but I never played it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's see. Thad says, I love DDP. He was one of my favorites, too. I, it kind of sucks because he was supposed to be at Pensacon this year, but he got food poisoning. Because he, he's been, like, as I started doing his workout program. Yeah, we were joking that and, he probably ate, like, one... Uh, ate some Taco Bell and his body just couldn't handle it. <laughs> yeah, because he eats like uber healthy now. Yeah. Which is, and he asked what wrestling game was that? If it, if he's talking about the WCW one on N64, he might be talking about, there was, in, there was WCW Revenge and then there was World Tour. I think were the two WCW games for the N64. If that's If that's what you're talking about. But yeah, that, that's pretty much all I have to say about WrestleMania 2000. It's been a lot of fun going back and playing it. Um, and I, I'll definitely review either No Mercy or one of the um, one of the WCW games probably later on in the year. I think you should review this uh, Legends of WrestleMania game. This looks awesome. Oh, the cartoonish looking one? Yeah. Let's see. Let me uh, if I still had my PlayStation 3, I would... Go pick up a copy. Oh, I, I mean, I guess it's backwards compatible with the PlayStation 4. Oh, I forgot about this one, too. WWE All-Stars. Let's see. Yeah, it features arcade-style gameplay with over-the-top animation and wrestlers bearing a more exaggerated look. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember this one coming out, too. Yeah, I want to go play a wrestling game now. <laughs> I know, right? When did this one come out? This was 2011 this came out. Yeah. Yeah, I might have to review Legends of WrestleMania. Yeah, that looks fun. Oh, I remember this one. It, it recreates different um, 
situations from WrestleMania. Yeah, and it says you can do it has uh what's called a rewrite option. Uh it's called mm-hmm. three options, relive, rewrite and redefine. And relive player can play as a legend that won a match over a certain wrestler. Rewrite allows the player to play as the loser of a certain historic match in order to rewrite history. Um and the player in this mode can watch a recap of the history of certain wrestlers, a recap of their feud, and a recap of their match in WrestleMania. In this mode, the player must complete certain objectives besides winning the match. Uh, and in Redefine, the player chooses any wrestler to play and the ability to change the match type. This sounds great. That's right, because one of the things that they advertised was that you could go back and you know, do the WrestleMania three main event mm-hmm. and play as Andre and beat Hulk Hogan. <laughs> so the outcome is different. Yeah. If I remember right, this ends at WrestleMania 15, which had the first match between stone cold and the rock. Hmm. Yeah. I might have to go back and play this. Cause I, I never did. Yeah. I want to play this. This looks fun, especially if it's just kind of like arcade style, um, just kind of a button masher. I'm down for that. I don't want anything that's like too complicated to play. Yeah, it came out for the 360 as well, and I do still have mine, so might have to look and see if I can find a copy of that. Well, if the PlayStation 4 is backwards compatible, I should be able to get this for the PlayStation 4 and be able to play it. Yeah. Yeah, you that's should be able to. What's happening? I'm going to go uh yeah. I'm going to go look at GameStop this weekend. Yeah. So yeah, Fantastic. to wrap up my review, I would give, I'd give WrestleMania 2000 a solid eight. Awesome. I still think I still think the gameplay holds up. You know, it's not a great looking game, but it, it's a fun reminder of you know my personal favorite era in in the WWE. Yeah, like I said, that was a little bit after my time of watching wrestling. I was never a big fan of that era, that whole Attitude era. And um, I never really picked it back up again. I mean, I still kind of watch it here and there, but it, 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 I don't get into it like I did when I was a kid. It's very different. Yeah. It, it, it seems, and I don't want to turn this into like a, you know, me bitching about the current state of wrestling, but to sum it up is that it feels much more like a TV show rather than, you know, yeah, what a wrestling show should feel like. Everything just feels scripted. Like it shouldn't, even though we know it is, it shouldn't feel that way. Yeah, exactly. And it all feels very scripted. But there, there are some highlights that are going on right now. But overall, it's not nearly what it used to be. Plus, all the wrestlers I love, they're starting to die, and it's not great. <laughs> you know, like King I mean, Kong I'm sure Bundy you heard just passed yeah, I was away. To mention that. I, oh man, like I loved him when I was a kid. You know, he's not in the Hall of Fame. That's a travesty. Like, that dude I know, right? has been around for a long time. He needs to be in the, in the Hall of Fame. What sucks is now he can't do his, like, he can't actually physically accept yeah. the award. It was kind of the same thing when, after Macho Man died, they put him in the Hall of Fame. I was like, that, it, that speech would have been epic. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been great, but... Oh, God, if there's yeah. one wrestler I miss the most, it's Randy Macho Man Savage, because that dude was a genius. Oh, he was great. He, like, if I were if I were watching wrestling, like, back then, 
Like if this were that era, I would prefer him over Hogan 10 times out of 10. Dude, I literally will have like nights where I just, it'll be late at night and I have nothing to watch and I will just go on YouTube and just watch like Randy Savage promo uh, uh, compilation videos and just, they're so good and just make me laugh. And I'm just like, that dude was just, he was a comedic genius. Like he knew what he was doing. And yeah, there will never be anybody else like him ever. Yeah, no, he he was definitely one of a kind. <laughs> Cup of coffee in the big time, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, yeah. That's my favorite promo of his, uh, the cup of coffee in the big time. If anybody listening to this has never watched that promo video, just go on YouTube and type in Randy Macho Man Savage, uh, cup of coffee in the big time. It's the greatest. It's just the greatest. It it there will never be another wrestling promo better than that one. Yeah, it was great. Macho Man was so good. Just overall, he was a good promo. He was good in the ring. And, uh, he had it all. The cream of the crop. <laughs> he had the little <laughs> coffee creamer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, that uh, dude was a was genius. Great. But yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, let's go ahead and start wrapping it up because we're, we're, we're coming up on an hour and, um, anything else you want to throw in before we hit the end of the show here? No, just as always, be sure to check out the Derek Diamond Experience podcast. Uh, new episodes are available every Thursday on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere that you can find podcast. Also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at D Diamond podcast. Every week I chat with someone who works in the film or television industry about you know how they got to where they are uh, what they do and advice they have for aspiring filmmakers absolutely awesome um, you're, you're you've been killing it with the uh, the Derek Diamond experience lately so if you're not listening to that show you're missing out go subscribe right now well I, I appreciate that um, but uh, we man, we had a full chat room tonight, so thank you guys for uh, for joining us this evening. And um, let me go ahead and pull up our music so I can get us out of here tonight. Uh, if you would like to email us, and we had no emails for this week, so if you got any questions, just send them to nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We are at nerdcaveretro.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro, and individually at jfontastic and at Derek underscore diamond. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro. Of course, we're on Patreon at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro, and get us back up to that $50 a month mark so we can start doing our uh, audio commentary again that was fun and uh, of course if you can't do that you can't throw us a buck a month go leave us a review wherever you listen to the show and that will help us get us in front of more people and help the show out immensely so thank you for everybody that joined us in the chat room tonight thank you guys and uh we will see you guys next week and Derek, please tell them what it's all about and that's the bottom line because nerd cave retro said so oh yeah